Hello and welcome to So Farscape. A fun-filled Farscape fancast by a fervent fan. And a frankly fascinated first-timer. I'm Kaki. I'm Kay. And, and this, this is, is the story So Farscape. Oh, and we are back to a regular So Farscape episode. It's a Farscape-ass episode, it? Isn't is it is very Farscape-ass. <laughs> We're talking about episode 404, episode... No, wait, right. Yep. Lava's a many splendor thing. Yes. A uh, fantastic fourth episode of season four. Absolutely adorable. I've really been looking forward to this episode because it's just nice and stupid, and that's kind of how I like them. Fair enough. It's a bit, bit of a Planet of the Week episode, but it's... Uh... Yeah, what would you? What do you think you'd compare it to in terms of previous episodes that we've, Ooh, uh, we've seen? sheesh. Yeah, Ooh. right? I mean, we are doing with a heisty thing. It's, I mean, it's structured the same way as Taking the Stone was. Uh, oh wow! But dealing with yeah, I mean yeah, taking the stone dealt with themes, and this one is just a little stupid. It's stupid. very yes. stupid. <laughs> it's it's silly and stupid, and I absolutely love it. Well, I mean, there's a few things to be said about it. Uh, it's fun, that's for sure. Good, <laughs> good. Okay, I'm starting to feel that maybe we're going to come at this from different angles. That's that's totally okay. Let's see what our listeners had to say about right. it. Right, top form humor just for don't. You- Eat soup. Sorry? I was going to say fully agreed. Top form humor. Well done. Don't eat soup for dinner before watching. Thank you, the derp. (laughs) Granny's cooking doesn't agree with the crew causing an unplanned evacuation. Yikes. Whilst dropping the kids off at the pool. Oh, come on. Our favorite kleptomaniac disturbs a robbery in process. But these are not the freedom fighters Granny is looking for. Lola isn't the only one enjoying Dargo's DNA. Yikes. And Lou Costello takes a really hot bath. Can I get a hell yeah? <laughs> Thank you, Marky C. <laughs> Little Bubba got caught in a trap. Grandma picked a bad time for a nap. Lava baked plans, puke covered hands. No more of that cleansing restorative crap. Oh, <laughs> once again, excellent. Rick from the Delta Quadrant coming in with the limericks. <laughs> Noranti, whose name we now fully know. Oh, yes. Right, she introduces Utu Noranti Pranaldong. Noranti tries to become a main character and creates more problems than she is worth. Boo. Boo, judgy. Chiana and Sikosu bond over bodily fluids. Yeah. Rigel issues boiled to a melting pot. Yikes. Uh, point. Uh. Melting, very good, melting point, while the others attempt to save the day. Finally, Noranti redeems herself by performing. Yes, thank you, <laughs> Melissa. And welcome to the fiery lava resort planet. Now, before you take a lovely relaxing dip in the scalding lava pool, you may want to put on the energy protective armor. Just remember to shoot yourself every five minutes. <laughs> or there is a nice amber chrysalis casing. You will just bob about in the lava pool. The resort is not responsible for any burn, cooking, or scalding. Have fun. Thank, Thank you, you, Black, Black Rain. Rain. Oh, let's jump into this episode because I really want to. We start out where we left off last episode. Yes, a quick little concise recap, and then they are on the transport pod. Lola is yeah. where they is where they are. Lola is towing John's module, which in the last episode John was in the module. So yes. how did he transit? Mm, spacesuit. Does Lola have a? It doesn't have an airlock. No, doesn't it? No. Mm, maybe they, it just yeah. has a hatch. Interesting question. Maybe the hatch is an airlock, I don't know. Well, I don't know, maybe you can just dock them against each other and then equalize pressure and then open them up. You don't technically need an airlock. Okay. It's not, not super safe. How but... would that work on John's module, which only has the yeah, flip-up Yeah, well, there's that. You know, maybe they put a tent over it or something. Okay. 
I mean, so th- normally you're the one who bristles when when it's something is hand waved, and this one you're just waving your uh, hands. Whatever, left yeah. yeah. Getting in the spirit of it, everybody's complaining that they've I mean, been stuck aboard Lola for so say, long. Normally, I would have said he they, he just probably transferred at some point, but yes, we come to the point that they are stuck uh, on Lola and that they haven't been able to land anywhere, get any food, or do yeah. anything. So yes, that is actually a good point that you're making. Which suppose you want me to go? Understand. Do you want me to launch into a diatribe about uh, the uh, space? <laughs> Uh, transfers maybe like John did another space hop okay. and <laughs> <laughs> okay well I think that we have a diatribe of yours ahead of us so I'm gonna pull the oh, brakes on this one, one yes. yes exactly right <laughs> we'll save that for we'll save that for later something to look forward to I always I mean, do initially Rigel looks a little bit better than he has so far he's getting over his, his shine bruising. Is fading yeah, yeah. Or maybe it's just the the red light. I really like the interior of of Lola, even though it's like really cramped and probably very uncomfortable to film in. Mm-hmm. It's got all these lights going on, beautiful textures on the inside. It looks more spacious, I'm sure, than it feels. Because yeah, their their problem is lack of food. Sukozu doesn't understand why there's a problem. You ate only three solar days ago. How inefficient is your body? How edible is yours? You're so weak, or what? Yeah. Why is your uh, digestive system so inefficient? Mm. But Noranti is there with a solution. We see her. Yes. I mean, okay. Things into her hands. Okay. Very smart move. Let the cocaine fairy feed you stuff that she just spit on or spit up. I'm not quite sure which one of the two it is. Yeah, they didn't see that. Nobody sees that. Just us. So it's one of those sort of. Oh, I don't know, Punch and Judy show. Look behind you. We know something that the characters don't. And so we get to sort of... Go, ew. Ew. Yes, exactly. It's a very ew episode. In very many ways. So, yes, people get some a little niblet and everyone gets one, except Rigel wants more, of course, because food. Yep. Uh, John initially refuses, but gets with the program anyway after everybody else goes like, oh, this isn't too bad, actually. Yeah. John complains that it tastes like chicken. Why does everyone taste like chicken? Everything tastes, tastes like, like chicken. chicken. Yes. And then cut to them landing on the planet, which was like, oh, there's a planet there. And yes. it's like, oh, there's only like only molten rock, nothing to find there. And then they land anyway. And it's like, okay, why do they bother yeah. landing here? But it turns out that Lola's facilities, Lola, sorry, his facilities probably aren't equipped for the kind of emergency that they're dealing with. I don't know so if she's I, equipped with a privy. I'm assuming that's... I mean, I'd hope One so. would hope. Yeah, but ooh, at least an emergency. But yeah, uh, not for everybody else, because everybody goes throwing up and... They're yes. all trying to be cool, like uh, John yeah. and Chi, they're sort of nodding at each other. You good? Yeah, I'm good. And then they Herk. both bulk. Yep. Uh, Rigel Rigel's flying off. goes down a hole to, f- yes, find a quiet spot to do his thing after uh, there's been... Uh, they probably had a high helium budget on this episode. <laughs> They don't actually release helium onto the set. They just oh. record it afterwards. Oh, well. Oh, Spoil sport. Um. <laughs> that would be a lot of helium, and a lot of people would die. Damn. How do you roll the window down in this place? Eh. <laughs> wow. You only, need, you only need a little bit of helium to get your uh, voice uh, going weird. That's true. It does help if you do still have regular air to breathe also. While he's looking for a corner to make a deposit, Rigel discovers some treasure. Yes. An unexpected amount. We've seen those uh, octahedron, uh, sorry, dodecahedron cubes before, haven't we? Those containers. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, It's a really stupid uh, shape for a container, but... It's very non-snackable, but maybe it's, I don't know, 
better in zero G for some reason. Yeah, we have not seen a lot of zero G in this uh, series. So. It's not a common tradition. Yeah. I don't know. They just look cool, and in particular, Naranti is intrigued by them. She recognizes those markings. Hmm, where yes. have we seen those markings before? Oh. I mean, okay, so Naranti, I'll get this out of my system right now. I am still on the fence about what's the deal with her. I'm willing to entertain the thought now that she is actually genuine and not actually onto something, but I still think she's running her own agenda. Ah. Yes. She, I mean, after this episode, I'm willing to entertain the fact that, like, okay, maybe she's just, like, this is just her, she's just weird, and, you know, does stuff on out of her own motivation without making it abundantly clear. She also has no respect for other people's, uh, you know, bodily autonomy and uh, what uh, regarding what kind of stuff she gives them. She is, yeah. still, the, she is still the cocaine fairy, and... Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, that's... <laughs> Let me think now. Ooh. Do you want to make it? Do you want to put some points on how many episodes it's going to take for you to be convinced one way or the other? Because you've made the, right? You've made that bet that you think that mm. she's up to something and that she's mind frelling people. But how many episodes? Well, she's episodes? obviously mind frelling people. The yeah, question yeah. is how much? <laughs> and how long are you willing to wait before you concede? Well, that's not a fair bet because I can always, you know, concede whenever uh, at the optimum time to make my bet come true. So that's. Oh yeah, no, I just realised that. That's... Wow, so much stupidity, wonderful stupidity in one episode has really brought my IQ down. Because when I think it's, I think it's Crichton or Dargo who tosses this trinket of treasure, admonishing Rigel, "Hey, this yeah. stuff belongs to someone. Don't take it." Yeah. And Rigel tries to take it anyway and triggers this As always, yeah. laser laser light booby trap that encases him in amber. It's like right. a vase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Up around his neck. He's lucky that it doesn't include his uh, his face, which mm. also seals up the opening that they walked through, that uh, Chi right. and Sikoso were still on the other side Is of. Is that the same material? I think so. I mean, I th- at first I thought it was a force field, but it, I think it might be the same amber-like material. Right? That, Although... That makes sense. Yeah. It's a weird system. But yes, basically they are s- stuck in a uh, trap. Caught in a trap. Dargo can't shoot his way out. He tries, but it doesn't work. Because I love you too much, baby. (laughs) Very good. Thank you. You're wearing your blue suede shoes today. (laughs) So, yes, they're stuck. But fortunately, or maybe not, uh, soon enough, two guys show up. I think they're either from the Mad Max crew or those two dudes from Pirates of the Caribbean. (laughs) I had Mad Max written down as well. Uh, it's, it's, It's also a little bit of those two guys from The Black Pearl, you know, those... Yes. Twiddle Tween, Twiddledum, or whatever they're... Uh, That's right. One of them had the... The wooden eye. The wooden eye. And the other one also had the bald pate and the and the wild hair mm. as a as a sort of crest around his dome. Yeah, I, I see the sort of resemblance in the, in the look. And, but also the way they act. How come I always got to do all the heavy lugging? Because you're not smart enough to do anything else. That's why. Oh? Well, why are you here? Because I'm not smart enough to hang out with anyone else. They're sort of squaddies. You know, they've got a very... Blue collar, it's just a job, bickering at each other because they're essentially work spouses. Yeah. Right? Depending on the kind of job that you have, if you have one, you spend more time with your direct colleagues than you do with your children or spouse. Totally. Granny immediately wants to go make friends, but uh, John dissuades her by just yanking her away. Tells Rigel to play dead. Okay, so the scatological humor in this episode is like, you know, there's always been the joke of... (laughs) Rigel farting helium. But the scatology <laughs> yeah. is really turned up to 11 in this episode. Hey, everybody poops. I know. <sighs> but it does feel almost Lexian 
in its in its it sort of revelry of, bit, of yes. bodily functions. It does a bit, yes. Everything's gurgling, and also like they're in a they're in a lava cave where everything's bubbling and gur- gurgling right. and streaming. Yes. Uh, this was one of the no, I think Tim Ferrier called this the toughest episode for the set department to work on. Okay, because there was no examples of how to do this in in film, like film and television. Trying to think of a sci-fi thing that takes place in like a lava cave. Crawl. Okay, but apart from crawl, what have the Romans done for us lately? No, you're quite right. Yeah, you're very yeah. Actually, huh? So the script called for this this labyrinth. Okay, how are we going to do that? We've we've got a budget. We've got to build all this in seven days, mm-hmm. and it's going to be lava, and they're going to get in the lava. Ooh, okay. How are we going to do this? But it came together absolutely wonderfully. Even the whole set just looks like a a stomach and a gastrointestinal system. It looks, it's, yeah, it looks a bit like lava caves, I suppose. I mean, I've never seen lava caves, although there was still lava in them. But right, yeah. other than that, it looks uh, pretty good. So, what have we seen these guns before? Again, they look very familiar to me. Oh, the, that the, the, with the uh, yeah, with the weird. What do we call uh, Let's call them the robbers. That's that's essentially what they are. Yeah, They're not fair enough. That's no, the, no, no. Uh, that's the leader. They remind me of Zorg's guns from uh, the Fifth Element. Oh. A little bit. Are they're they? they're big and unwieldy. I mean, just but, and the they have, size. And, of and them. they have those weird, like, that weird halbert-like protrusion on the uh, end of it. Hey, they might just be original for this episode. Yeah, possible. They, they just look familiar to me. I can't, I can't place them. So, if any of you listeners know if these guns have used been used before in by another prop department, or if or afterwards, I might have known it from uh, something else. As we yeah, know that props get to, please let us know. We'd love to hear that if anybody uh, who is better at gunfu in movies than I am. <laughs> We're at So Farscape on Twitter and Facebook, and you can find some. I mean, you can also just misuse the, the fanfic link, slash fanfic, yeah. because nobody sent in fanfics in a while. Hint, oh, hint. Who knows? Hey, speaking of guns, also, same question for. Do you notice Chiana has a gun? I love, I know, it's like a really it's amazing, cool right? gun. Yeah, I saw that. I actually have that written down as like, love, love Chiana's little pistol. Me too! Because it's got a little scope on it and, and like this. Oh, little it's, superfluous little twirlies little and accents and things, yes. But it's also much better balanced for, for her whole yeah. silhouette. Mm. Uh, it looks like a bit like Leia's stun gun at the opening of, uh, although that was much longer and slenderer. But it, like I said, it, yeah. it, it, fit, it fits the character. Let's put it like that. Exactly. Like I like that it's this little snub-nosed number mm. that you can sort of. It. I think it's supposed to be fired from the hip, like close to your body, yeah, hard to a, knock out a, of your it's hand. A hand. It's a handgun pistol, you know, Saturday Night Special, maybe. Well, it's too big for a backup gun, really. I wonder where she picked that Purse up. First picture. Oh, but, ooh, yes. Maybe she got it from one of the peacekeepers in the last episode. No, I don't it doesn't know. look like a peacekeeper gun to me. No, it certainly doesn't. No. Speaking of guns, the situation deteriorates into a firefight because Norantes attempts to introduce herself to the Tarkans, who yes. she knows as good people and rescuers. Yes, they are uh, freedom fighters and they do good works. Listen to me, these are Tarkans. They're good people. They save thousands because of uh, all the goods, air, oxygen, water, uh, Yeah, cool food, stuff like that. Guns. Although well, I'm sure she mentions those, but yes. A firefight ensues during which Crichton and Dargo realize these guys have body armor. Yes, actually, well, shields. Yeah, uh, which Crichton marvels at. They got body armor? That's a hell of an invention. How come we don't have that? I love the banter <laughs> between uh, Dargo and John here. So after they retreat, Rigel is like 
removed from the uh, stalactite that he is attached on. Yes, because stalactites hang tight to the ceiling, oh, and stalagmites might poke you in the bum. <laughs> okay, according to John Hodgman. <laughs> And then he gets uh, put in the elevator, which is like conveniently like steam elevator or something. So you can just put a prop in there and then it goes. There's a beautiful blast of steam. And then the object is gone. I like to imagine that's one of those pneumatic postal systems. Mm. Uh, uh, Michael says it's quite a drop. Yes, it's a bit of a dumb waiter system. And he arrives in this lava cave where we see this figure arising from the lava pool holding a giant lump of rock. So presumably those are, if I'm piecing this together correctly, those are the sort of storage containers that may have been just kept under lava for safety because Tarkans apparently can walk into, into the lava safely. Yes. And so they need those green sort of blasty melty guns to get the gunk off them. Okay, so that doesn't quite make sense because the upstairs stuff is still unpacked. And they're not moving the stuff from downstairs to upstairs because the guys arrive without cargo and they're clearly there to pick up the other crates. So what I think they're doing is bringing them down, then encasing them in the... In amber and chucking them in the pool. But why they're doing that, that's no makes no sense to me. But he's coming out of the pool with an encased I know. thing on his it shoulder. It makes no sense. Okay. I mean Does it does it make sense, okay? Does it make sense the other way around if you play that completely in reverse? No, only if they're using the lava pool to take it away somewhere, which also doesn't make sense because that's not where their transport is. No, here's what I'm suggesting. Yeah. The sort of treasure was stored long-term by the actual Tarkans mm-hmm. in the lava pool, either right. encased in amber or maybe it's just encrusted because it's in the lava pool. Yeah. What's his name? Raquel yeah. goes into the lava pool, fetches the encrusted container, mm-hmm. puts it in the lift up to the sort of staging area yeah. where it's cleaned before being moved to their transport, which is on the surface. Right, but then so you what have, we see there yeah. in the in the, is is the staging area where they've been cleaned, but they haven't been moved yet. That's no. what the two guys are doing. They're going back and forth between the staging area and the right. And but the they're transport. not. But, but when they arrive, they don't have any crates with them, which you would no, assume. because they're taking the crates from the staging area to their craft. They just oh, returned from yeah, that's possible. moving it. That's what I think. Yeah, yeah that's possible. Yeah, I hadn't considered that part. Yay! I mean, the, the craft is well hidden, and they'll never find it, and, and still close by, apparently, because they check it later, but okay. So, yeah, so they don't have to design one, because we never see it. Yeah, very clever. <laughs> Chiana and... What's her face again? Sikozu. Sikozu, that's the one. Sikozu. Yeah, they're stuck on the other side, and they have to go on a mission of their own, which I really enjoyed this. Like, oh, Absolutely. Girl time is such a, a, a rare occurrence that I love that it's happening. And their their sort of relationship moves as well. Oh, very, yeah. There's a lot of development there this episode. Because they're both very intense young women, kind of prone to externalize their insecurities mm. by, by biting and, and, and clawing and yeah, blaming it's a, others. it's a little bit reminiscent of the early days between Shana and Jewel. It's like a little bit of a redo of that. Yeah, good point. But they reach a sort of point of respect a lot quicker when they... Yes each sort of appreciate that the other has really valuable insights. And both of them, in their own way, are very sort of merit-driven. They only respect people that they're impressed by, but they discover that each, you know, Tsukozu is to Chiana impressive across a, a, a sort of dimension that she didn't previously respect. Mm. I really enjoyed this, even though it involves them digging around in puke, because... He is a big and brave warrior. However, 
If these controls are locked to his DNA, it was not particularly smart of him not to have set up an override sequence. Wait. It would be even stupider to not have uh, told people about an override sequence if he had one. Okay, we know that he can operate Lola because, you know, it responds to him speaking Luxon and his DNA. Yeah, yeah. So her reasoning that it would be stupid for him to not have an override sequence is kind of weird because it would be equally stupid to have an override sequence and not tell anybody about it. I guess... Oh, I, I mean, having your ship locked to your DNA is a security feature. Yes. But if you're unable to get to your ship in an emergency, you could perhaps call someone yeah. and tell them at that moment the override sequence. Uh, but having yeah. them know all the time is a security fair. Uh, gap. No, fair, yeah. But then you just have to guess what that sequence is, and you're just That's basically, guessing, idea. basically guessing passwords. Yeah, which yeah. is not going to get you there anytime soon, even though she's she's brilliant. But Chie, Chiana has a much better idea, yes. which is... We have piles and piles of our puke. DNA. Well, that, I mean, Ugh. puke is like, it's not, it's not piles and piles. It's just like gunk that came out of your stomach with a little bit of DNA mixed in, if you're lucky. It'll have some. I mean, it's right. going to have stomach lining no, I know. and well, that's your own content bit. warning for people who are sensitive to that. This is probably not an episode to, you, to listen to, but like, you know, mucus that you've, that you've swallowed. And, no, true. Oh. Maybe blood? Maybe blood if you're unlucky. I mean, you're not supposed no, to have blood I'm, in your stomach. Because, but, yeah. like, the reason, once again, content warning, it's going to get worse. The reason the poop is brown is because of dead blood cells. Correct. So when did they arrive? Somewhere in your intestine. Okay, so not in the stomach yet. No. Okay, so you can't puke. No, it's, I think, I'm not sure which part of the body, which, which organ uh, gets those blood, dead blood cells out, but uh, yes, it's... Uh, is it the spleen? Is the spleen involved in that? I'm not going to go into guessing games about which, which body part does what. The Randy, spleen needs a job. It's just sitting there. Nobody will tell me what the spleen's job is. I think it provides insulin. <laughs> which I can relate to, by the way. I think it makes insulin, but if I mean, now you have me guessing anyway, damn it. <laughs> listen, listen. I recently got in touch with some old colleagues from uh, a few employers ago, and we're going to go out like real adults and have dinner later this month, which mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to. And as I was sort of thinking back to the good old days when we enjoyed our banter in the office, I tried to think, what the fuck was my job? <laughs> like, I, I know the title. I know there was something with approvals and, and purchase orders, but I can't remember what the fuck I did all day. I have no idea. Uh, yeah, I mean, that was that. Uh, 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 no, not UPS. Uh, the, the, the whatever it's the changed name a bunch yeah, of times. Yeah, the, I think in the end it was like Liberty Global. It doesn't matter. Right. Listen, listen. Internet we're on provider. this awesome, awesome planet, and uh, 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 Crichton and John are they're sort of hiding out a little bit. Let yes. me see. There's some some negotiation over the radio. My name's Rakil. Who was this awesome figure that came out of the uh, the lava? Yes, yeah, so he is one of the actual uh, species. What are they called? The freedom Tarkans. fighters. He Tarkans. He is actually he a is Tarkan. A, he has a Tarkan, yes. And he has humans or Sebastianoids, at least, uh, yep. working for the, for him. All of them uh, with wacky haircuts. And yes, it turns out that they are actually robbing the Tarkans. Yep. The that other Tarkans. sort of simplifies the whole situation and why this misunderstanding yes. uh, occurred. Uh, this doesn't stop Granny from still trying to... Uh, do her thing, and finally, when she convinces John to actually go out and let her talk to him, then she falls asleep. <laughs> yes, yeah, she just lets out a oh, big yawn, uh, which and- again makes me think that so she's just being a manipulative <laughs> little bit. 
I mean, she always does bullshit like that. She kind of does, doesn't she? Yeah. It's so, yeah, that's, yeah, Tarkin is trying to figure out where John and Dargo are hiding. Well, hang on, hang on. Oh? Sleuth this out. Why did she just fall asleep then and there? What's she achieving? She's achieving the fact that now John starts talking. No, not really. Hmm. I'm not sure. What did she achieve? I mean, she just convinced them yeah. that that they could talk to Raquel, that she would try and, and, and negotiate, and then she zonks out. Yeah. What did she expect to to achieve by convincing them to pursue the path of peace and then not participating in that pursuit? Well, it's a very high gam- risky gamble to actually then go ahead and assume that they're still going to go ahead. Right? Yeah. Unless she's mind-filling them again, which is probably the case. So I'm still not convinced of her good nature. Yes. Like, it's This is, once again, an episode that is wonderfully written, but both too clever and too stupid to want to recap beat by beat. So I think that we should just, like we did with 401, mm-hmm. maybe sort of play the hits, because there's a bunch of them, and the sort of connective tissue, that's where we sort of lose... Like Lose I the don't, plot. I don't know exactly what happened in which scene, but no. I do remember that initially when I when I heard Raquel, I was kind of on his side. Like he sounded like a reasonable person. Like this might indeed be a misunderstanding. Mm, no, I, did, I got I didn't get that. I got more that he was immediately. Oh, we have interlopers and we must defend our property. You know, it's like which I could imagine. Like if 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 the crew of say the Serenity from Firefly accidentally landed on Yavin and found themselves in in Princess Leia's, you know, two sets of people who are in their way very similar and both sort of sort of rebels. But if one of them walked into the other's house, mm. they would be threatened, they would respond with violence. Right. Well, these guys are far too, you know, possessive about their the stuff that they're stealing. You know, mm. they're like, oh, you're stealing from us. And like, no, no, you're stealing from someone else. Uh, that doesn't mean that anybody who just wanders in here is stealing from you. Even oh, though, yeah. Had that been revealed at this point? See, this is uh, what I mean. Like that revelation yeah. might not have happened yet. So probably, not- probably not. But since we're talking about a general vibe, you have to like consider that in Raquel's motivation from the start. Yeah, because well, he he knows that he's stealing. In retrospect, yeah, yes, everybody, everybody knows that they're ste- that they're, that they're stealing, and yet they're being like, "Oh, you're stealing from us." It's like, no. At this point, you'd go like, "Oi, get lost! We've got here first. Dibs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, <Yeah>. it's <laughs> yeah. He does and, simplify it later on. Like, no, we're not Tarkons. We're stealing from in, from them, yeah. and you can identify us. Need I go on? Yeah. <laughs> okay, now we get it. But the moment that I realized that uh, that Raquel was a was a baddie was when he's on the radio with one of the one of the goons, one of the droogs, yes, trying to get him to describe like where are you, and he was actually like calm and sensible and like talking the guy through show like are there any markings? Oh yeah, there's purple markings. Oh. All right, then I know exactly where yeah, you are. Yeah, shoot those purple markings. Ah, I don't know what they say. Yeah, just shoot them. They probably said, do not shoot explosion yeah, inside. Yeah, care, because- careful, careful lava behind. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Because, yes, a, a big firestorm washes out. It kills the guy immediately. Vaporized. And it sends lava rising into the room where John and Dargo are. Now, this lava effect was pretty cool. Where you right? See, where you see the broken bits of lava floating on the thing. It's moving a little bit too fast, but... Yes, they probably would have wanted to overcrank the camera a little bit. Uh... Yeah, then again, you have very fast-moving lava. 
I mean, if you saw the uh, footage from Hawaii's latest eruption, where you got like very quick lava streams going, but oh, this is yikes. like, I mean, you can see how they kind of see how they did it, but uh, yeah, this probably, look, but like it looks pretty good. Styrofoam on on goopy foamy water. Oh, I don't even think that. I think it looks more like they're pump- pumping air under some sort of cloth. But oh, that's also very well possible. Yeah, uh, good point. That's but that's it. So yeah, they're like Granny's fallen asleep. She gets like literally yeeted across the lava. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I can make that. But the uh, old bat can't. Old bats can fly. Uh, because Crichton sort of looks at it and looks, yeah, I can make it, but Granny can't. And yeah. Dario goes, oh, for flip's sake. So he tosses uh, Granny to your side. Nobody then... tosses a Gran. All right, look, I lied. I can't make that jump. You can't make that jump. Give me your foot. He gets a leg up, or leg rather up. a leg forward. Fortunately, he lands on a soft space, Granny. <laughs> And then it's Dargo's turn. And he almost doesn't make it. And for a second, I thought they were going to do the nobody tosses a dwarf gag, but he's just teetering <laughs> on his heels and that Crichton would grab him by the beard, or by the tank, as in his oh, case. Oh, yes. Ooh, that would be very intimate. But not even that. No, he just, like, tongue lashes around Granny's throat and hauls himself in. <laughs> Did you say tongue lasso? I, tongue, I said tongue lashes, but... Ah, take the credit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it takes a bit of practice. He says. <laughs> I mean, okay, so now I'm wondering, like, I mean, Dargo canonically has a very long tongue. Mm-hmm. Does he keep it like a hummingbird, like wrapped around his brain around and all the brain? <laughs> That's amazing. I saw that too. Wow, nature. It's wow. Like, like woodpeckers and hummingbirds. Like, yeah, that tongue goes all the way up around the back. And it's like. Oh, how do geckos do it? Because they. Ooh, they know. do the yeah, projectile pl- tongue. Yeah, no idea. Maybe it's stretchy? I guess. Yeah? It's just one of those little gummy things that you throw against the window. I know. Like, that's kind of what it looks like. So, yeah, now we get, like, a, the, a scene where the girls are uh, having a little one-on-one science talk and, like, trying to figure things out. Yeah. I like that this moment of sort of mutual respect arrived just before failure uh, in the proper, like, Farscape tradition. And yes. Because, like, Chiana's... Uh, impressed kind of Sikozu goes oh it's actually quite simple to a great man like yours and it's not ironic no right she is genuinely appreciated okay Sikozu is brilliant and then it doesn't work right so back to bickering really quite simple so let's talk about Rigel and then not anymore because like (laughs) Rigel is like still encased in in the amber except for his head and he is about to drain himself yes (laughs) Yes, well done. He needs to slock very badly, as he says. And we, we do not need translator microbes to no. know what, uh, what that is. Hey, speaking of translator microbes, ah, a Farscape tradition has been broken in which one of the aliens had said damn and damn it, namely Sikozu. Oh. Did you catch that? Oh, no. Yeah. But there are those on the internet who believe that that's valid because she can speak English. Now, she's learned that from, from John. John, and that, that may makes, in fact that, be that makes sense, yeah. what she's saying. Yeah, no, fair enough. Right? Also, you know, like, get damned could be something that you would expect in, like, lots of cultures to be a swear. That is true. Yeah. So the, the opposite of blessing. Right, yes. Can we just talk about how cool Raquel looks, by the way? He looks odd. I mean, he looks like a bit of an amalgamation between uh, the insect guy from... Uh, Oh, what was it? There was like, we've seen like... Insect guy? I mean, he looks a bit insectoid. Like, well, mostly it's like Star Wars insectoid guy. I mean, when he's got his helmet on, it's this beautiful sort of mother of 
pearl changeant kind of look like a like a beetle. But it leaves his neck exposed in the back, and his face is like the mouth of Sauron. Which oh we yeah, can see. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you see him without his helmet too. Oh yes, that's for, yeah. When he's talking to Rigel. Good point. Yeah, at that point he's got the brain bulbs, which is definitely something we've seen before. I don't know that we've seen this species, dude. Uh, well, I'm not saying we've seen this species. I'm saying we've seen that effect, you know? It's like, oh, like so, yeah, like yeah, this, yeah. Kind of like this netting over their head with these brain bulges oh, yeah. sticking out. Yeah. yeah, what's her name? Namtar's assistant. Right, In yes. DNA Mad Science, yeah. very good. Yeah, it's like there's this netting and it's and it's bulging out. And then he's got this, uh, this helmet on it with these really nasty hooks on them. He looks so menacing. Yeah. Granny conveniently wakes up again to... Uh, be involved in the negotiations. I like really, really like John's way of dealing with that. It's like he's yanking her back and forth, like he's allowing her in camera or in front of the microphone, whereas in fact they're talking, uh, they're talking over the communications, negotiating basically about what to do. This is where we learn that he's robbing the uh, the Zarkans. No Zartans. Tarkans. Tarkans. Dude, I, I, I'm not sure that this is the point. I think that's a face to face, but I don't know. It yeah. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He's sending a he's sending an escort, which is Tweedledee. And Tweedle don't. And while those are on their way, our heroes are concocting a plan. Yes. They want those belts. Yes. John's having a little bit of a banter with uh, Dargo. There's a lot of John Dargo banter in this episode. They're really Sundance and, and the Butch Kid. <laughs> well, no, Butch that's Cass- not it. Butch Cassidy and the Sundance that's Kid the is what you're trying to yeah. And a lot of like Abbott and Costello references as well. Yes, Moe and Curly, uh, as uh, John calls Tweedledee <laughs> and Tweedle don't. <laughs> Tweedledee and Tweedledum, actually, but... Yeah. I know. Okay, fair enough. Or Tweedledum and Tweedledumber. That's the ones! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> oh, I wish we were still titling these episodes. Okay, Granny actually wants to help because she's overheard John's cunning plan, uh, which Dargo summarizes... Well, she was asleep. ...hitting them with a rock. Yes. That's your, that's, that's that's the your plan. plan. Yeah. Yes, says John. Because as we've seen, uh, they don't work... Those, those belts work against pulse fire, but yeah. not against thermal energy. And yes. thermal energy is the same as kinetic energy, which is what rocks have. Yes. I, I mean, a scientist, John, you disappoint me. I'll, I mean, I'm just going to go for a quick jog. You, you, no, you, tell, I'm, the, I'm not you even, tell the audience. I am not even going to start on that one. I told you that one. you had one full run. Go for it. Well, I'm, I'm not sure I need to save that for something else. Uh, yeah, no, I definitely need to save that for something else. Oh, wow, this wasn't it? No, this wasn't it. This is just like me Thermal being... Thermal and kinetic This okay. is me, just me being disappointed <laughs> in John as a scientist. It's like, you know, I mean, yes, you can turn one kind of energy into the other. That's the whole point of energy. But they're not the same. No. 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 Kinetic energy is objects hold, having inertia and speed, basically. and Yeah. And thermal energy is these molecules moving really fast. Yep. Not the same. It does but remind me again, a little bit of the shields in Dune, though, which oh, were entirely, yes. entirely like resistant to kinetic energy. The slow blade okay. penetrates the shield. Well, that's not really true. I mean, that's like they're not resistant to kinetic energy. They just oh only. Oh my gosh, that's right. They only stop higher kinetic energy. That's entirely the point. Like, yeah. you know, once you. you not even kinetic energy, just speed. Yeah, it's basically like like the the, the shields create viscosity for uh, right, things, yeah. and like the, the higher the higher speed it has, the, the more the shield will stop them. That's why the, the slow blade can penetrate the shield, and then once you're through the shield, you can just like you can just stab them. Then I just started stabbing. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I started stabbing. But, yes. <laughs> so what they need is a distraction, and we get. Okay, we get two really fantastic things. Three, in fact. One of them is this gorgeous set 
which is sort of set up to be labyrinthine, where in one yes. shot we see Granny, who's like spewing powder everywhere, don't yeah. inhale. Still being the cocaine fairy. Abbott and Costello hiding behind a corner. Yeah. And Tweedledum and Tweedledummer. <laughs> Coming up the road, la, 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 unaware, blissful in their in their ignorance. And now they need a distraction so they can bonk them on the head. And Naranti provides that. Yes. Because Melissa Jaffer was a dancer. Oh. And is still a dancer. And, like, she has got some kick-ass moves. Yes, she moves quite well. And we also get the shots of what uh, Tweedledum and Tweedledummer are seeing, which is... Kind of disturbing because we see a Tarkan yeah. face with a long blue, I suppose, wig. Oh, and it's a Tarkan. A, I mean, she's got the same, isn't she? Oh, I didn't get a close look at uh, at Raquel, so I don't know if you had the bug eyes. I mean, I think uh, you did. Dave Elsie talked about. We thought we'd do a a, a classic sort of grey alien, you know, like the, oh, the, the, the X Files. Yes, okay, because we hadn't done one before. And it was a, a really sort of quick last-minute thing to alienize this, this right. belly dancer, which she, at the time itself, rather enjoyed. But afterwards, she was apparently a little bit concerned that, yeah, it is a bit disturbing to look at. It, well, I mean, it looks like basically a, a, a Sebastianoid with a, yeah, a grey alien. I can see where it's coming from. I, I assumed it was a Tarkan, but I don't know why. Oh, that's very well possible. Yeah. Maybe they're a sexually dimorphic species as yeah. well. Which they're absolutely bananas about. Yes, completely enthralled. They're like basically a woo, a woo, hearts coming out of the eyes, a heart jumping out of the chest in cartoon, yes. Tex Avery cartoon style. Uh, yes. Tongues hanging down to their knees. <laughs> they slowly move in and get bonked on the head by John and. Oh, I could have. I I enjoyed that music so much. And it was the, really good. And the dance, and followed by John and Dargo seeing her Granny having taken her second bra off. Oh my God! Die! Yeah, Noranti <laughs> does a full Monty. Yes. <laughs> Which apparently for the occasion, the costume department had created these fantastic tufts of underarm hair for Noranti, which are not revealed on screen. And that's what Crichton and Dargo, unsportingly, sort of recoil at. What a performance, though. (laughs) Yes. I love her smug look, her expression just before. And then Dargo going wide-eyed and being like... (laughs) Noranti has definitely done this before. Like, she's she's almost in a trance herself. I am the flower. You are the bee. Which is also a reference to, uh, you know, Earth reference. I, oh, I guess that might be a translator micro oh, uh, yeah. analogy. I am the target. You are the gun. Ooh, don't, Ooh. don't like that one mm. quite so much. But Noranti's sort of joy... In this fantastic dance and the the majesty of her body, I really really enjoyed that. Yes. Meanwhile, Chi, Chi and Sikozu are figuring out how the controls of Lola work. You better hurry! You're losing your vomit. And actually manage to blast a hole. Yes. First, they have to reorient Lola so that it's actually pointing at the uh, outcropping. But then finally, after Chi exasperately says, "Like just do th- something," and uh, Sikosu <laughs> just slams down on the controls, the gun actually fires after having failed to do so the first time. Yep. Sometimes a bit of percussive maintenance is just the thing you need. Yep. 
And now things get complicated again because our heroes have some hostages. Yes, they, they take on the shield belts and they take the hostages up to go and negotiate with Rakil. It's like, yeah, we know how things are going, but we have a situation here. I've got, we've got some of you guys. You've got one of our guys. Swap we fees. can't hurt you. You can't hurt us. Let's just like swap our people. And Rakil goes like, ha, 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 no. Yeah, now he's asserting himself to be a real shithead. He shoots the two hostages yes. over the complaints of his other servants. Who at that point realize, like, okay, it's like might not be working for this guy very much longer. Again, I just love how Raquel looks. Like, that sort of bug helmet is really... Mm. <laughs> also, this is John Adam again, who previously played Bekesh, yeah. where he also had an eye-covering helmet. And it was just pure coincidence... That, that this is how it turned out. Mm-hmm. It, it was a surprise to Dave Elsie, who created this costume, that it would be uh, uh, John Adam playing this character again, because the last time that he had him in the makeup chair for, for Bikesh, yeah. where he could only see through one little bullet hole in the helmet, yeah. John Adam made Dave Elsie promise, next time, if I'm back to play an alien, let me have eyes. Oh, yeah, no problem, no problem. And, oh, yeah, sorry, bud, this is a blind one again. <laughs> sorry. He manages to trap John and Dargo in the web of... Uh a booby traps. Yes, yes, so they're, they're fully they're, encircled. They're trapped, trapped like Robin and uh, Batman in the uh, traps of the Joker. Oh, I was going to say uh, uh, Mr. Freeze. Right, you're right. That's what I was thinking about, yes. Um, Although we're having quite the opposite here because he scoops up a bucket of lava. Supposedly. Supposedly, which just looks like red goop at this point. Yeah. And can like kind of casually flicks it at them while they're... Uh, well, they're being interrogated. Causing mild discomfort. Yeah, probably and not... some burns. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you... Like, a drop of lava is a rock. We're talking about more than a few drops here. Like, that... this is like big splashes of still liquid lava. Exactly. Like, if that was the case, if you got, like, a droplet of lava flicked at you, yeah, it would melt through tissue, absolutely no problem, and it would be heavy enough to continue melting because it's rock. Right. I mean, you do, yeah. it's essentially a pebble being fired yeah. at... Uh, I mean, if it lands on your clothes, the odds of actually getting burnt are fairly low. But, I mean, the radiant heat might do some damage. Is that true? Yeah. Oh, I guess I mean, they're it's wearing heavy. leather. It's rock, yeah. It's going to, like, pull it... If, well, the leather might actually make it worse. If it's loose cloth, then the, the, just the weight of the stuff will probably just, like, pull the cloth away from your body. But, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay, so oh no, we'll, get, we'll get to my rant in a minute. Wow, I, mean, I, can, I, can, I have I can, no idea what it's about. I'm I, on tenterhooks. Oh, you're not going to like it. Also, um, I always like your rants. <laughs> Look, stuff continues to go wrong. There's a scuffle whose origin I don't completely remember. Oh, yes, yes, yes. More They're trying to convince up. one of the Mad Maxians. Come on, you heard what Rakil said. He doesn't want any witnesses. Do you think you're going to walk out of here alive with your share? There's a scuffle during which Rigel manages to distract the Mad Maxian by rolling off his pedestal and unfortunately rolls into the trap and fully ambers himself. Right. Oh, that's what happens. I was wondering what suddenly made the amber go soft again and then encase his head. But yes. Uh, uh, And that's why the trap has been sprung. And so that's why they can leave the laser grid, I think. Oh, okay, That makes sense. Everybody disappears. And John picks up the the green uh, air gun to uh, start undoing the amber encasing. I love that thing. That thing looks so cool. It is a very cool gun. This is where we see Chana's cool little pistol. Let's have a yeah. good look at it. Uh, yeah, she she jumps out of the ship now that it's. I think it's been invisibilized. Yes, it uh, has been. Which or is, she's no, no, she's still working on that. As it goes, was working on that. Chana, I love her face when she does it. Yeah. She's, like, oh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, they've done the blasting, and Chana goes in to uh, rescue the day, whereas Sikosa stays on the ship. She's so cool. She's such a stud in this this shot. I, I love how she does that little... I don't know, John pose or wiggle before she jumps over the edge. I'm not quite sure. Oh, I see what you. I see what you mean. Like yeah. she's, she just kind of does this little sweet. The Chiana crouch. And yes. Leaps off. Absolutely awesome. Little Han Solo pose, actually. That's what the she one. Does, yeah. <laughs> she's got this this really cool sort of gunslinger yeah. crouch. <laughs> Love it. Okay, there's more scuffling, and Rigel has gone in the lava. Yes. Which means now Crichton on the clock, yeah. wants to test this. Yeah, Raquel actually taunts him about that or whatever. Gosh, no, it's, no it's, it's, a, it's a discussion that John and Dargo has. He's amphibious. He can last. He can hold his breath for a while. He's not going to be in a, uh, a great big hurry to uh, start breathing again. Oh, I think John's trying to, like, I think Dargo's trying to say, oh, he's dead already. Yeah. He, he hasn't been able to breathe. And, Dar- and John goes, no, he's a... He's an amphibian. He can hold his breath, so he's still alive, and we still have to go and rescue him. Yes. Good on you, John. Okay, now we get... Yeah, John does a little test, shooting himself in the finger. We get he's Harvey to show up. <laughs> Harvey yes. shows up, like, wearing this weird bunny suit. What? Oh, they're called bunny suits, like those uh, anti-crime scene contamination. Oh, my God. Yeah. God, can you imagine Harvey in an actual bunny suit? Yes. Really? I mean, we've seen weirder things on the Farscape. <laughs> we sure have. I can't imagine Harvey in a bunny suit. Uh, well, there's a disturbing image. <laughs> uh, I, I, I wrote down hazmat Harvey, but... Fair um, enough. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he'd look great in a bunny suit. And he's trying to warn John against doing what he's about to, to do, because as, uh, as Naranti suggested... Do you have any uh, small appendages you don't need? Small? Shoot him in the buttock. That's big. Hey, you know what? Don't touch my ass. That's sexual harassment. Well done. Getting slapped on the butt by Naranti, yes. But yes, he shoots himself in the finger. Finger stays on. He, he dips it in the lava. Finger stays on. Doesn't burn. He dips it again in the lava after the after shield. After the shield. Oh, yeah. ow. It's, this, oh, this burns. So, uh, yes. So he's got, a, he's got a plan which allows him to wade into the lava and feel around for Sparky as long as he keeps shooting himself. Okay, and this is what where we start going. Because like now All we right. see uh, Raquel and one of his henchmen uh, who have moved up, to, up top because after the, uh, the blast from uh, Lola, John basically oh, yeah. bluffed that he had a whole squad of people coming in. And so they went in to check that and check on the ship. So at this point, Raquel is up top. That's right. And later, next time we see John, like, wading through the lava, Raquel suddenly comes out of the lava. Yeah. So that's why I, st- I thought they were using the lava to move things to their transport ship. Right. Because apparently somewhere, there's some way that Raquel can get from being up top to down below, two levels down in the lava. Without anybody seeing him. Yeah. That's I mean, brilliant. there has to be yeah, something like that. you're completely right. Yeah. Yeah, maybe he swum through one of the lava tubes. I, I guess. Know. I mean, that's the only thing I can think of. While they're scuffling, and yes, it's very. Un- <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm reminded of Thumb Wars, the uh, uh, Steve Odenberg yes, parody I've seen of it. Star Wars, where Princess Thumb Leia, Thumb Thumbelina, Thumbelina sort of sort of wanders into the scene in the middle of a firefight, saying just shortcutting a whole bunch of plot by saying, "Yeah, I escaped somehow." Yeah. <laughs> Because while they're they're having this fight, John and uh, and Raquel, Raquel is trying to uh, to get the gun away from John because he knows that's the only thing protecting him from the heat of the right. lava. And then she finds him, and and John goes, oh, "Chiara, Chiara, shoot!" And she shoots, shoots Raquel. Yes. Chiara, shoot! 
shoot! Not him, me! No, Is shoot it? me. And I love that Chiana doesn't question it. Oh, she just yeah. goes like, okay. <laughs> yeah. If he is calling for me to shoot him, he must have a good reason. Yeah, like, probably. He's fine. <laughs> so, okay, here it comes. You don't walk through lava like that. No, because it's rock. It's rock. It is too dense. You can't just like dip down under. Even if you have a magical shield that protects you and allows you like lungs yeah. not to get scorched while you you're in there. You are water. Water is lighter than yes. rock. You, you you would not even get down to your waist into lava. You would like even the thinnest lava. You would still kind of like lay on top of it and like. Yeah, this is also my problem with the ending of the Return of the King of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Right. You know when Smeagol jumps into the lava. Yes, he sinks into would, lava. No, you would, you would just sink. lie on top of it and you would sort burn. Of Smack, your bones would break. People could hear you screaming all the time you're burning until you can't... Yikes, okay? Hold on, yikes. Okay. That's a lot of imagery. (laughs) Although it does remind me of this, this warning sign for... Oh, gosh... What was there's there's live you know electric Le- inside yeah, live wires the, the going in this- here will kill you and it will hurt the entire time you're dying yes. yeah <laughs> wow so yes a fight in the tub which gets won by well John obviously yeah yeah there's meanwhile also a fight going on with Argo and the last yes. of the Mad Maxians which is like ended in a very gruesome way because basically. Dargo shoves his head in the in the elevator in the thing. Lift. lift going down. And we get this lovely shot of that same head rolling out of the lift on the uh, other level. I'm not sure whether to make a, a a giving head pun or a going down pun. Either would work, but... I mean, they're more or less the same. Two sides of the same coin, really. <laughs> yes, hey, Dargo jo- gets down there awfully quickly, by the way. Yeah, well... No, but... Like, to, to, to the earlier okay. point. Oh, I have another point of that. Oh, so, yes. So uh, there's another so scene glad. where Dargo leaves John, and about two seconds later, John gets attacked by Raquel. Where the f*** did Dargo go? He is literally just off camera. He has had, like, two and a half <laughs> seconds to, like, go away, and he's, he does not notice the fact that John and, and uh, Raquel are suddenly fighting. I think you're right. I mean, oh, I want to be charitable and say that it's like panto rules, out of sight, out of earshot. No, but, but it's like, <laughs> there's like literally no pause between it. Not a cut, not a nothing. It's just... I guess this is the new Farscape standard because like last time when the girls were in prison, they were sort of whispering their conspiracy I, at the top of their voices. Right in front of the guard, yes. <laughs> yeah. Raquel gets his head encased in amber. That's it. Yes. Yeah, which for him is much more of a problem, apparently, than for uh, Rigel, whom John manages to find. Oh, is that a head? Triumphantly he holding him up. Pulling him out of the ring. They use the grey uh, air hell gun yeah. on it. Hell yeah! They use the green gun on him, much to Rigel's relief. And he immediately relief. deflates. Uh, yes. yes. <laughs> At this point, the actual freedom fighters show up. Yeah. More of the same aliens with yeah. uh, with different helmets. Like, And for a second, we think we're worried, but Granny's no. with them. Yes, and uh, no, it's like, fine. Oh, yes, we have Raquel, the traitor. Well, thank you for dealing with him. And the old um, woman has explained it. I kind of really liked that. The old the- woman has explained it. <laughs> it's like she's been doing her cocaine fairy tricks again. It's like... <laughs> See, I like that this is when we realize that those are the Tarkins, because yeah. 
for this entire episode, you might be forgiven to to, to think that the Mad Max people are the Tarkons and they're being yeah. misused by this vicious-looking alien no, this monster. Came, yeah, this came as a slight surprise to me as well. But, yeah, you got uh, no, that. I get that. Yeah, absolutely. And the, just that sort of, yeah, the fact that they are, to us, upsettingly ugly does not mean anything to anyone in the universe. No. A cat is a monster to a mouse. I would say so, yes. So, everyone's back on Lola? Yeah, the, uh, well... Goodbyes are said. Goodbyes are said. Cheap. They're actually gifted with a, with a belt by the Tarkans. Oh, yes. It's like, yeah, make nothing of it. Like, don't think of it. I mean, and the Tarkan thanks uh, Granny for the jill neck, which Crichton and Dargo immediately, like, grab her and oxter oh her away. Oh, yeah. no, we have to go. No, no, no. Before they actually eat that, yes. Before we poison them. Merely a cleansing restorative. Rigel and characteristically goes, I'm never going to eat again, and immediately gets taunted by Chana. Sock wings. Crispy Grolak. Excuse me, excuse me. With yeah. him starts, like, naming foodstuffs at him. Chicken wings. <laughs> I'm sure what you say, yes. Oh, but. I don't know. It's crispy this or that. And then everyone's spirit is lifted because there's an actual message. We have an answer machine. They caught a transmission from Moya. We, we have- hear Pilot's soothing voice telling them that they've made contact Yay. and that they're going to be showing up. Moya and I have received your signal. Here is a location. We look forward to your return. Yay! Lani Tupu's back. We've missed him so much. Oh, yes. I mean, and speaking of missing, we haven't seen Claudia Black yet. This is episode four. And Who's we that? Ha- <laughs> ah. I don't know. Maybe her contract didn't get renewed or whatever. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's the one that there's some kissing of in the in the opening credits. Yes. I mean, it's a pr- pretty ballsy move to just like, yeah, like one of our main characters. We're not going to show him for the first, like, 20% of the season. Yeah. Yes. Does it, Four episodes is 20% that of is right. 20 episodes. Well, it's a hair under, but close yeah. enough. Yeah. <laughs> Yowzers. Hey, but Farscape's known for nothing if not bold moves. Very true. Very true. And what a what a wonderful sort of note to end on this, this hope. And it's Rigel who says it. By the arts, Moya's all right. She's waiting for us. It's Rigel who says that Moya's all right, and she's waiting yes, for us. And he's she's happy. And she's, he's, yeah, he sounds delighted about this. Yeah, and not just that the prospect of... I guess of, he's missing poker night with Pilot or something. Oh. <laughs> all right, all so, right. She gives me a woody. Uh, she gives you the willies. That's some good belly dancing music, Oh, it is, yes, very much so. So, okay, willies. Maybe, but not quite, the... You know, Thunderbirds-esque shots of the landing leg of Lola as it's taking off and landing again. Okay, yeah, it not is a bit wobbly. Not the best, not the best uh, work of the, uh, the special effects department. It, it sort of feels like it's on cables instead it of feels like on it's a, a thunder, fun Thunderbirds. <laughs> 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 but I do think that, uh, oh, well, also... Close second, but no, is the vast amounts of bodily fluids and other uh, th- yeah. things that fr- come from various people during this episode. But I'm afraid that my willy has to go to the lava action. <laughs> oh, spoil sport. Uh, Tim Ferry really, and his team, they really they did, did their a best. Very, they did a very good uh, special effects job on it. But you still it, think that it's the worst you, part you of should, the episode? You should, no, it just gives me the willy. It's just a willy. It's like, oh, that's right. You know, okay, it's like, yeah, yeah. like you, don't, you, you can't wade through lava like it's a fucking kiddie pool. Yes, that's right. So, okay, uh, yeah. Does that go for every planet? 
I mean, hey, very okay. low gravity planets and very thin lava, maybe. But then there would be visible other like low gravity. Is there moons. stuff that lava can be made out of other than you know igneous rock or whatever type of rock we have? No. I don't okay, so, so that was okay. I'm well, pretty I, sure, I'm pretty I, sure no, I tried it's not lava. So no. I mean, I mean, you could have metal, molten metal, but that's even heavier. Yeah, true. So. I really don't think of, like, I mean, you can have lava made out of molten water, I suppose, but no, no, wait, that's just water. <laughs> okay, well, thank you for trying. Okay. I think my willy, no, I'll start with my woody, because okay. my woody is the is the belly dance sequence. Oh, very good. Loved it. That it, music was fantastic. It was, and it's like, I love how they, they cut between uh, Granny and whoever the belly yes. dancing actress was. Very good, well done effects of like showing what is actually going on and what they are seeing, which only cements my like belief that a lot of the time Granny is mind felling with people and like we're, having some, un- and we're having some unreliable narration here that not everything that we are seeing might be actually the truth of what has is or has been happening. My lips are sealed. I know, I'm just... <laughs> And I love, I love Melissa Jaffer's fantastic dancing as well. And up to and including her going full Monty, my, <laughs> my only willy is the sort of, like there's an inherent kind of ageism in the idea yes. that, that a mature woman disrobing is somehow uh, gross or upsetting. Now, no, she has true. indicated that she doesn't bathe in a prior, prior episode. True. Never bathe, never bathe, washes the juice off, which, okay, that... That, part that could be like aromatic, fragrant. But there yeah. are, you know, that may just be a property of the of the species. Like yeah. cats or animals with a lot of animals with fur sort of depend on the oils, and for yeah. them, bathing is not a great idea. That doesn't. And then you've got otters. Oh yes, but you know, swimming and is not the same as bathing. But no, yes. true. And as we say in Dutch, it stinks like an otter. So. No, I've never said that. Oh well, it is an expression. Well, I have at one point done a photo shoot with a, with an otter from yeah. a, a little otter otter sanctuary, and he was not into it. There was a handler there; it was responsibly done. People who who donated could get their photo taken with this this little guy, but he was just no. not into it. So, the, while they were all sort of imagining, and they were this was in a hotel, they were lining the hall waiting for an opportunity for this yes. this thing that they bought a ticket for. Have and a the best play time could, or cuddle with an otter, and like no, 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 none of that. You can you can walk inside, make no eye contact with the animal, look into the camera, and the handler will hold it in frame, sort of next to your face, yeah. and I'll take a bunch of photos so that it's screaming and protesting doesn't look too horrified. <laughs> yeah. Don't look at it. You'll just make it. But And, and we made sure that, like, between shots, there was, there was his, his blankets that smelled like his, uh, his, his family and mm. his, he could have a little playtime around. And then he'd done a little poo in the corner. And it was the worst thing that you've ever smelled, Kay. Oh, God. Fish. It's, he was just this little guy. He yeah. was just this hamster-sized little guy. And this... It, and we had to hunt for it. Where is this coming from? It's so <laughs> noxious and monstrous. Oh, wow. So, yes, it stinks like an otter. I totally get that. Right. So, I guess my Woody will go to the... Oh, uh, Please fr- say I, the stupidity I, I of conf- everything. I, I was going to frame it really poorly. I'll call it to the girl-on-girl action between Sikozu and Chiana. But I'm totally talking about how they're interacting. Yeah. And how they're... <laughs> like, how they're... Religious. I think those scenes on uh, Lola were uh, my favorite of this episode. Heck, Yeah. Farscape has come come a long way, and yes. like actually seeing we've got bro time with the boys, and now we've got a sororal time with the girls. Hell it yeah! It doesn't quite quite pass the Bechdel test because they are talking about rescuing the rest of the crew, but you know it's not exactly that they're talking about guys in specific, right? You know, 
And of course, the Bechdel test is only sort of a mental exercise to help right. one realize what role female characters in uh, in fiction are right. often given. And in this case, they are kind of like the rescue crew. So yeah, that makes uh, good sense it to makes me. Them, uh, it makes them heroes of their story. That's the story so far, Scape. Please join us next week for another reading of Tales of the Uncharted Territories. And the week after that, we will be back with episode 405. And I will tell you what's in it if my Airtable app yes. actually decides to, like, Mine's show not me. loading either. <laughs> I know it's called Promises, so we don't need to worry about that. But actually, I'm going to skip ahead of K and make sure that... Okay, how about you don't read it? Just don't read it. Don't read it. Don't oh. read it. No, no, okay. no. I didn't put the right synopsis in, and it says way too much. So okay, so no synopsis just, for now. It's called Promises, and it's the one with the promises. Okay, well. Okay? Um, thank you for joining us for another episode of So Farscape. You can find us at SoFarscape.com. We have a bunch of links, SoFarscape.com slash links if you want to send in a synopsis. Hey, Thanks for, for coming out in droves again for season four. I know it was a bit thin on the on the last episode, but man, we really enjoy these. We're also having a lot of fun with fanfics. If you have any favorites, please send them in. There's also our Patreon. Thanks once again to all of our supporters. Hey, that actually reminds me, we haven't looked at the books in a while. Oh yes, we should get right? back to that. Yes. Yeah, you've got the you've got the RPG books. See if we can get a little bit of uh, information out of that. And I guess most of the creatures book is about uh, is, is oh the creatures book. Yes, the- I have it with me. Oh. We have a lot. We have a lot to look at. Unfortunately, no Raquel, which I was hoping for. No. But we do have some more shots of. I could show you Noranti, which I didn't previously because it said her name and you didn't know that yet. Oh, okay. Um, so I let mean, me see. You, that, that would have been pretty safe anyway, because like you know, I, I forget names about as fast as uh, you can uh, talk to them about. Yeah. So oh, you can lovely. see there's a there's a sculpt there. Is this is is, is this page safe? Go two. Hold on. Go two pages to the to the next. All right. One. I'm just like yeah, yeah, yeah. And that one's Uni. Oh yes. You can him. also see the uh, he was the aquatic creature. Oh from the yes. Last time. You can actually see the glowing like glowing light uh, under his forehead there. Oh wow. Yeah. That looks really actually, cool in that shot. No, yeah. there's no lights in there. No, it's just okay. the paint. Oh, very well done. And then oh. there's one more page which is here oh, you can see. Oh, fantastic. The, oh, that the looks, belly dancer. Girl. Yes. Oh, look at those eyes, like horizontally slitted pupils. Yeah. Very cool. And that was like a last-minute sort of vacuum form that they did. I think the one on the on the left is uh, Dave Elsie's sort of Photoshop right. mock-up. Oh, I could have sworn it would have just been like uh, someone with a little bit of prosthetics and makeup. Right. But, uh, yeah, no, the one on the right looks absolutely stunning. And you get to appreciate, like, she's got this bra that almost looks like I mean, it almost looks like she was just speckled with gold yes. uh, across the, the top of her body, and it just coalesced a little bit more around the twins. Yeah, well, I mean, she has this half-open top uh, that she wears at first, and that comes up first. Oh, yeah. And then there's the gold bra underneath, and that comes up. But we only see Granny when she's taking that part off. We don't see the... uh, Hell, (laughs) yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. I could flip back, presumably. You can always flip back. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, we're back here to uh, Talon. Talon Oh, that's quite quite far back all of a sudden. That's like half a season or so. Yeah, yeah. Very nice. Okay. So once again, thanks to our Patreon supporters who helped us buy this. I mean, it's a fairly obscure book right now. It's called The Creature of Creatures of Farscape by, ooh, let me see, 
by Joe Nazaro, who uh, a few years ago worked with the Jim Henson's Creature Shop to get all of these wonderful photos. It's a beautiful book to uh, to scrub through, and I'm very happy that our supporters help us get it. Uh, thanks to our our promise to only spend it on absolutely stupid stuff. <laughs> <laughs> And that's the story so far, Scape. Wait, is, is that when we do it? I don't know. I, I, I already did it. Let's do doing... it again. Right. And that's the story so far, Scape. I'm K. I'm Kaki. Wow. So what far. Are... So far, Scape's so good. Oh, come on. We can't do it like that. <laughs> okay, you do it. Oh, I'm... no, I do it. I'm Kaki. I'm K. So, so far, Scape's so, so good. good. Speak for yourself. We, we went off script because of the book, otherwise it would have gone fine. <laughs> <laughs>